0: What's happening? Welcome back. Another episode coming at you. I got another bike review, which I'm pretty stoked to do. Um, Did this a couple weeks ago. It was the Yamaha 2020 YZ450F or YZ450F as uh, you hear him say in the States. Um, A couple weeks ago, I was lucky enough to get invited out to um, the, uh, yeah, thanks to the guys at the MX Nationals that hooked it up, got out to um, Yamaha Park 4MX. Funny enough, and we spent the night the day before at the Park Royal at uh, Melbourne. I'll give you guys a rundown on how the event went in just a second, but that's what this review is going to be. Um, also, got a chance to ride the uh, CDR factory uh, Yamaha Monster Energy bike of Kurt Gibbs, and that was a freaking cool experience. I'm going to do another bike review on that real soon. Um, but yeah, that's where it's at for today, guys. Now, sorry if, uh, honestly, I haven't been putting out a whole heap of content. I dropped a bunch of small interviews from um, the Yamaha launch day the other week, and uh, you could probably hear on those interviews, I sounded like I was freaking dying, (laughs) and it's getting better now, but man, I had a rough uh, little flu going on the winter down here in Melbourne. has been brutal. Um, My little guy, Grayson, came down with it, and then me and his mum came down with it and boy it was rough. So uh just bouncing back from that now. So if I sound a little bit snivelly, apologies. But that's where it's at, guys. So let's get into it. The Yamaha 2020 YZ450F review. So I'm gonna give you guys a bit of a rundown real quick on how the actual event ran because I think it was a really cool initiative from Yamaha. And um they had a bunch of journalists from all over the country fly in. So you know, for those of you that aren't from Melbourne, Yamaha Park 4MX, that place is uh, in Broad Meadows. Um, Broad Meadows is pretty close to the airport. It's on the Western Ring Road around the city of Melbourne. So, logistically, it's a really cool venue to do these sort of launches because you have, you know, we had uh, journalists fly in from all the major publications from New Zealand. They, they arrived on Wednesday. Now, Yamaha, the CDI Yamaha truck and the CDI Yamaha team, which was another cool thing that we had, we had Craig Dak, we had all of the CDR Yamaha team members as far as the riders and the technicians. Uh they had the CDR semi out there at the track. So on Wednesday, whilst the journalists arrived, they were out there doing the initial PR for the 2020. So Gibbsy and uh, Luke Clout were out there doing some shots, doing some writing. And um no, that was the first day and honestly it was pretty lucky because the weather's been really rough. Like I said in Melbourne for the winter, it started to break now for spring finally, but uh it was pretty touch and go as to whether this event, honestly, was even going to happen. Um, in, at least in my mind, I was like, there's no way this thing's going with the amount of rain we've been having. But uh, Boydie, Shane Boyd, the owner of Park 4, he worked his magic with the sand on the track. And honestly, the track was prime time, prime time for this event, which was really cool. So um, once the CDR team got wrapped up on, on Wednesday with the initial PR shots and some video with the new bikes... Uh, all the journalists started arriving now i live in melbourne obviously i didn't have to fly in i drove up pretty late in the day just to the airport for the presentation night and dinner so um you know a lot of the guys obviously flew in from interstate. You had ben townley and uh, i think scott Column and some of the other nz guys flew in as well from overseas uh and then you know i got to the hotel at whatever time it was it was like six thirty or something and um I grabbed a quick drink at the bar on yamaha's tab thank you for that guys that was pretty rad too uh, and then we headed up to um, like the, the presentation room or the boardroom. I don't know what you'd call it at the Park Royal, but for any of you guys that I'm sure most of you listen have been to Melbourne Airport at some point. It's that big, big hotel opposite the terminal. Uh, the, I think it's the international terminal. Anyway, you can't miss it. It's got the massive big sign that says Park Royal. It's the huge building opposite. So that's where we were for the launch night. Excuse me, got to get some tea into me there. Not coffee, I'm English originally, so um, the tea is what gets me going in the morning. It's a bit of a cliche, I know, uh, but there's caffeine in tea, don't doubt that. Um, so, anyway, we head up, and uh, it's pretty rad. We go through this long hallway, get to the end of the room, and there's a CDR bike on display. There's a 2020 Yamaha 450 on display. Go into the room, and uh, yeah, it was really cool. There was, you know, big, um, big scream with the projector, ran us through um, basically all the specs of the bike. Uh, Yamaha's uh, Sean Goldhawk, he is the marketing manager for Yamaha Australia. He sort of led the, the talk and the presentation. Um, it was kind of funny actually because there was a bunch of seats and none of us cool moto guys wanted to sit at the front. <laughs> it's like being on the school bus again, but uh, no, it was pretty rad. I mean, they had a really good lineup of guests as far as both journalists and um, the Yamaha crew. So, Sean took the initial uh, presentation. Craig Dak got up, and that's where things got really um, interesting as far as if you're a race fan, because Dacker started talking about the heritage that he has with Yamaha. You know, then he started talking about, you know, pretty much how Yamaha, when it, they came out with the 2010 uh, 450, that's when things sort of began with this new generation with the reverse motor and everything they've been doing. And that's where it was, um, you know, even myself, like I'm a massive fan of the sport and I've been involved with it for a long time, but you forget going as far back as that 2010, that was the infamous model that James Stewart sort of struggled on. Um, but you know, Dakar and the crew didn't, they, they really made that bike, you know, super refined and, and very well able to win races and championships. And that's when Jay Marmon went on that, uh, you know, geez, was Jay three or four time champ now? I, I can't remember, but, um. Yeah, he won a lot of championships with the MX Nationals and Supercross. I think he might've got a couple done. Tested my memory pretty early in the morning here, but um, yeah, that was cool because Dhaka was speaking basically on, on the CDR relationship with Yamaha, how they you know, engineer and structure their program with the bike modifications. And, and really, basically what we took from it was that you know Daka's team and Daka's program, they're really about refining the product that Yamaha gives them. They're really about refining that OEM product and uh, I can attest, you know, riding Kirk Gibbs bike, for example, I know we're not talking about that, but in this podcast at least, but you can definitely see how the CDR team complement the standard setup, they complement the OEM bike, and it was a super competitive bike that I rode for Gibbsies. like that thing was honestly, hands down, it was a weapon, uh, but we'll get to that in another episode, but, you know, that's where... You know, Zaka kind of finished up, and then Ben Townley came up. Now, Ben, you guys would have heard the interview that I put out with Ben. I did a quick little grab with the recorder from him at the uh, launch day. And um, for any of you guys that know me, I'm a massive Ben Townley fan. I have no problems fanboying out about that one. Uh, ben was the man when I was a bit younger in the UK going to watch the MXGPs and some of the British Championships and stuff back in the day. And, uh, yeah, it was pretty rad just being able to hang out with Ben, watch him ride Um But yeah, for the presentation night, basically they just introduced Ben as, he's kind of like a a Yamaha NZ ambassador in New Zealand now. He he came over to the Blue Crew this year and, you know, he's obviously pretty tight with Josh Coppins and Josh sort of runs a lot of the Yamaha program in NZ now. So um, obviously it makes sense tying that all in with with Ben's off-road business, uh, the off-road tours that he does in New Zealand, that's all uh, blue now the bike range that he has and obviously Ben's son uh, Levi's racing now and I think his other boys are getting into it and uh, obviously Yamaha are offering the range of bikes that they do you can go the whole way through from junior to senior on blue and uh, that was another big thing for Ben to talk about but then Ben began to talk about you know the 2019 bikes that he's ridden and then he began to address what Craig Dack was talking about and this is where it got pretty interesting to me because Ben you know he's ridden for some of the biggest and best factory teams in the world over his career and uh he pretty much went ahead to say that he feels that the cdr yamaha bikes are some of the best in the world as far as their ability to set up a bike be competitive and um you know it was pretty evident you know from ben's if you guys have been listening to the media with ben for a couple of years now he's been pretty vocal about how he's really enjoyed on the tail end of his career especially like when he was with the the penright honda team he started from a stock bike he didn't get a spec bike the, the factory bikes had ran the year before with the riders. He he took a stock bike, he rode it and he improved on it. And he felt that that was a, a bit of a missing link with a lot of the teams because typically for you guys that don't know, you know, if you go sign for a team, normally, if it's not a brand new generation bike, um, the team will just say, all right, here's, um, here's whatever's bike from last year. So, you know, here's the guy that won on that bike last year, or here's our a rider's bike from last year. Go ride it. Here's our B rider's bike from last year. Go ride it. That's your base setting. And then we'll work off of that. Ben was saying that the CDR bikes, you know, they do it really well with with Craig Dack and the team. Is that they're able to um, basically work with a refined stock, you know, model. And this is something that Daker talked about. This is something that Sean Goldhall talked about. And Ben, I think, is really starting to hit home, especially on the 450. Like these manufacturers like Yamaha, for example. They spend millions on millions of dollars with engineers and the best guys in the game to get these bikes to where they are at an OEM level. It's kind of laughable when you think about it that, that a lot of the teams, uh, a lot of whatever you want to call it, even the riders, we're all suckers for it in the industry. They go buy those, you know, those triple clamps. Or they go buy that whatever it is um, to bolt onto the bike. And I'm not saying that all aftermarket products are bad. Don't get me wrong. There's some really good aftermarket products out there but it's got to work with the machine that you're riding. And I think bike setup, you know, these machines nowadays, they are so refined. They're so technologically advanced, even to a couple of years ago. Um, I think, you know, it's important that teams, riders, privateers, I think we start taking this bike setup thing a little bit more seriously if you want to get the best out of your your machine and the best out of your performance. Because i tell you what, like there's a lot of flashy things that you can put on the... Uh, put on the bike and you can buy them and make the bike look good and think it's going to make you go faster. But to hear Dakar, to hear Townley say that, you know, not throwing shade at like the American team, but it seemed like the fairest theme of not being able to succeed as much as we probably thought he should have in the States probably came down to riding an over-engineered bike over there and he couldn't get the bike set up that he wanted. Um, So that was interesting to me. It was, uh, you know, basically was saying that the CDR bikes, they run OEM parts, they run the GYTR parts, and basically everything that's on that bike, you can buy, which which really surprised me as far as their race bikes, um, so that was cool, that was a real good insight, and uh, Townley went on to, to share a bunch of other knowledge, and then that was um, pretty much finished up with Sean, doing his thing as the uh, man from Yamaha with the, all the media info, and then we went down, and we had dinner, um, which was super cool, uh, Yamaha's yeah, my heart shouted us all dinner at the Park Royal, so we had some really good food. I think I had a steak and there was some chicken going on and uh, yeah, all us uh, journo guys, I guess I'm a journo guy now, I guess I'm a media guy, that, that was, uh, it was cool because I was there with all the legit publications, I'm like, yeah, okay, inside there, we're a real deal now, that's cool, um, but there was a bunch of drinks flowing, now obviously, um, I live about an hour from Melbourne, I'm down on the, on the peninsula, you know, like southeast area So I didn't stay the night. Obviously, a lot of the interstate guys did. Uh, Me, Hoag's, Lee Hogan, Vary, and that, we all drove home. Not together, but, um, you know, we headed out. I don't know, I think I left about 8.30, 9 o'clock. Got home uh, to the family, and then, yeah, um, the flu that I was talking about, that kicked in super gnarly that day for the presentation. Boy, was it rough for Thursday. I had to get up early, uh, play the traffic roulette to get from park four, Um, from my house to park for which is only an hour but when you leave on a Thursday morning uh, you don't know whether it's going to take you an hour or three hours with Melbourne traffic and lucky for me a truck broke down on the Monash Freeway and it took a little bit longer than I'd hoped but I got there just in time to get things going anyway so Thursday morning we rock up the minibus rocks up from the hotel all the journalists are there uh, basically sign the paperwork or sign our lives away saying that if we can't wheel into a fence we can't uh, you know blame anybody which is fair enough I get that part Um, and then you know the guys from Yamaha Scott Bishop um, you know as you guys know he's the Yamalube Yamaha team manager been around a long time in MX Nationals pits so Bish gave us a little bit of a riders briefing which was basically you know how the days go so let's get into it these media days are pretty chilled out Um, way more chilled out than I thought they'd be it was pretty much just here's your bikes and when we got there under the CDR truck Uh, under the CDR Semi, under the awning, there was, I think about six or seven brand new YZ450Fs, which was a beautiful sight. Pretty much just got to pick your bike and uh, that was it. So you got geared up. So it's going to take a quick drink real quick. Ah, There we go. All right. So that's pretty much the the way the morning went. And uh, I had some sick new 2020 Thor gear, so I went and, and got, that, uh, got that on, got that geared up. And uh, forgot to mention, it was freezing cold this day. So I was dying of the flu. It was cold. I had ventilated gear on. <laughs> but we, you know, I managed to, to brace it and uh, went out and put a couple hot laps in right away and kind of sweated it out. And I felt really good after that. So, you know, the first bike I took, I just dropped it off the stand. And, um, you know, the, the CDR guys, Brad and, and uh, Gary Ben and those guys, Aiden, they were all setting sags and helping people set their bikes up. So I just grabbed a stock bike. I was way too freaking cold. I didn't want to bother getting my sag set. I didn't bother doing anything with the bike. I needed to go ride and warm-up. So just grabbed it off the stand, hit that electric button, pieced out, and went out and spun about four or five laps and kind of just got the, the gnarliness out of my nose and everything. Um, got some arm pump. So I really haven't been riding much this winter, so it's good to get some laps in. So uh, I guess we'll start there. The initial impressions of the bike. Um wow, this thing is cool. All right. I went out now. I I rode a Yamaha in 2015. I was on a, a 450 Yami back in 2015. So we're going back four years. Um, that bike, it was sick. Like I enjoyed that bike back then, but there were definitely, um, definitely some things I didn't like about it. Some of the handling characteristics were quite harsh. It was quite reactive, quite deflective. I'd say uh, the power was still pretty usable, which I think is a trend on the Yamaha 450. Like their power has never been, you know, denied. They get good starts and And Yamaha is really claiming, and I guess this is where I'll I'll take you through the settings before I get into how it felt on the track. So, um, you know, basically this is a mid-generation, I guess you'd say, uh, upgrade. So the 2018 was the new generation. So this bike is now two years old. Now typically, you know, generations of, of dirt bikes run about four to five years at the most. So you'd say that this Yamaha... Is, uh, is, is, you know, halfway through its lifespan of being a, a generation bike. So this is a mid-generation upgrade is what they were basically calling it. So it's a refinement on the bike. And obviously this 2018 Yamaha, 2019 Yamaha did really good things in the reviews, in the bike shootouts, and it's done great on the track as well as far as race performance. So it's, a, you know, a refinement and that's sort of what they've done. So I'm reading this out of the media pack that we've got it was an intensive part-by-part analysis of the entire motorcycle that has been subject to an extensive redesign. Um, the team, basically the engineers at Yamaha, they've succeeded in achieving significant weight savings and power gains along with enhanced power uh, handling performance of the 2020 bike. So I wouldn't disagree with that. Everything they said there is pretty much true. Um, and they've, you know, basically there's some information saying how well the bike's doing in the U S media already, uh, one, some shootouts over there, which makes sense. So, um, you know, basically their, uh, their goal as far as Yamaha's goal for this bike was to save weight, was to refine and improve, uh, a reliable power band and uh, power band. Jesus, listen to me. It was, it was a blue power band. No, it was, um, you know, a, a more refined and reliable power all the way through the motor and usable power is what they kept saying. And, um, you know, so basically this is where we start. It was uh, a more powerful and compact 450 motor, uh, Yeah, the 450 is already renowned for its enormous power output. Um, Redesigned to deliver stronger and more controllable performance. Significantly more compact and lightweight motor. It has a revised configuration. It enhances the bike's central mass design to make it one of the easiest handling open-class motorcycle machines. Um, For 2020, it has a new compact cylinder head, lightweight piston, high compression ratios. So they've changed up some specs in the motor. Basically, this was something they were talking a lot about in the presentation centralized mass whatever you want to call it it's it's the ability for the yamaha with that reverse motor to centralize the weight of the engine um so typically with a 450 i think there's a little bit of an offset at least something that i've heard a lot of really advanced test riders talk about and some of the pro guys and and even you do notice it a little bit that sometimes the 450 motor as far as like how your peg weight and your left or your right side of the bike it can handle a little bit differently and a lot of that's due to the inertia and how the bike mass of the motor, because when a 450 you know, when that motor's spinning up internally, there's so much momentum. And, you know, as far as like picking a bike off the stand, there's a little bit of difference between a 250 and a 450, but that isn't where you get the difference on the track. It's the inertia. It's the momentum going fast on a 250 is so much easier just because um, that's that, that inertia, that turning mass is not as much. So it's so much easier to put the bike where you want it A 450 if it ain't set up right and you ain't riding it right, that, that momentum is going to push you through the turns. It's going to push you through the bumps different. So Yamaha was very vocal about trying to centralize that, I guess they'd say that mass of the motor, that inertia and uh, refine that so the bike handles better. You can put the bike where you want it. Excuse me. And um, I would agree, man. They did a super good job with that. So, um, you know, let's take a look at the rest of the refinements here, of the motor. Um Yeah, new cylinder head with the rearward uh, slanted cylinder head, more compact, high compression ratios. Uh, It is positioned closer to the midsection of the motor, so it helps um, have an idealized mass centralization. These are some long words in here. I'm trying to break it down for you guys, Uh, but basically gives the um, Yamaha dynamic handling characteristics. There you go. Um, And it did, not going to lie with that. Bike handled super well. I'm going to take you through what it did on the track for me in a minute. I'm going to get through all these updates on the bike first. Now, they did take us through the Yamaha Smart Tuning um, app on the phone. Gave us a one-on-one on that. Unfortunately, the media day, it wasn't hectic. Well, there was no way we were going to have time to break down the, the you know, basically the old school jetting or the uh, EFI mapping, if you will. Um, we, were, we wasn't going to have time to do that on the media day. But still something I would be super keen to play around with that. Uh, at a later date, but um, from everything they were saying in the presentation and uh, what the riders that are more experienced at the Yamahas were saying, that that app is super handy and a really cool feature. They're still the only manufacturer doing that, so cool to see. Um, Right, we have an adjustable mapping switch on the handlebars, and basically there's two maps and a launch control that come stock with the OEM settings on the 2020 450 Yamaha refreshing to me honestly because these two settings were both super different and uh, normally you get a launch control setting you get a hot pack and a sand setting that the oems will give you it's nothing like an aftermarket um it's nothing like an aftermarket ignition system where you can flick that switch and you, you noticeably get that difference but the 2020 yamaha was and i'll take you through those changes in a minute but man those two ignition settings were super different really cool um you know launch control again um basically optimising the motor's power for the, uh, for the gate drop. And um, let's have a look. They've changed the angle of the radiators. They've refined the fuel injection system. One of the things they were talking about a lot was, uh, they've refined a lot of the internal materials in the gearbox. And, um, it's basically, again, they've got major components of the gearbox are located as close to this bike center of gravity mass as possible. Um, also the wraparound exhaust, another, actually I was reading the wraparound exhaust a bit there, but <laughs> my bad, but they were talking about the gearbox being um, refined, lightweight and better shifting capabilities, which again, I agree on the track, the bike did not struggle to shift, which maybe that was a bit of an issue with the 9 from what I had heard, what the Yamaha guys were saying. Um, so no issues there. They definitely made that gearbox easy to shift and that was a, a nice change. Um, you know, again, so what I read before they've refined the, uh, exhaust again. So that's got that Yamaha's got their trademark wraparound exhaust deal they got going on. That's, uh, again, to do with the centralized mass and keeping that bike handling predictable and, uh, dynamic on the track. Um, now they refined the frame and they've moved some weight around the frame. So I'm going to read this to you guys cause this was, uh, definitely something that was important. Um, So for 2020, the aluminum frame has been retuned to match the motor characteristics. The weight and fine tune, to reduce the weight and fine tune the bike's sensitive handling performance, the bilateral frame features thinner main spars together with a thicker bottom tubes um, and new motor mounts. These significant changes together with the mass centralized design and class leading suspension deliver even sharper handling for reduced lap times. So if you can read through the media stuff there, basically what it's saying is they moved some weight around the frame. Um so the main basically your main spiles are the main uh what comes up from the from your foot pegs up to your tank, that is thinner, that is more lightweight. Um that's going to help with the agility of the bike and how it feels as far as your ability to turn the bike under feet, under your pegs, which I definitely agree with. Um they've changed up the motor mounts and um, And yeah, they've thickened up, uh, so, sorry, uh, bottom tubes and new engine mounts. So yeah, firmer seat, (laughs) 10% stiffer seat foam. There might be some marketing stuff in there, but the seat felt fine to me. Um, now we've got the twin chamber KYB forks. They are spring forks. Um, interesting that, uh, Yamaha decided to go with a firmer setting this year. Uh, They had firmer forks and firmer shock settings. Um, I'll get to that in a minute. Some of the guys weren't stoked on it that were riding. Um, Some of the bigger guys like me and say Tim Varr, and I'm sure some of the other big boys that were there, we ended up going a little bit firmer with our settings. So that was interesting. Some of the other guys went uh, lighter. Goes to show that the bike can work for both because you know, once I went a little firmer, I felt super confident on the bike. Uh, But we'll get to that in a minute. Um, Other than that, They've shaved some weight off the wheels. They've upgraded the front disc. That's a little bit bigger. And that's about all the technical stuff. Um, Yamaha also released a new set of GYTR accessories for the bike, genuine parts, and it got some Yamaha genuine riding gear. So that's the boring stuff. That's the tech stuff. That's what they did to the bike as far as from the engineers. And I've waffled for 25 minutes, so let's just get into what this bike did on the track. All right, so like I said, went out, first of all, grabbed a bike, didn't touch clickers, didn't touch the, the controls, left the levers where they were, left the bars where they were, didn't get the sag set, just went out and rode. Went out and first of all, felt a little goofy on the bike for the first probably half a lap, just getting my figured out with the you know, foot peg position and where my feet were on the bike and you know what it's like when you get on a new bike, you try to get your bearings. As soon as I got my bearings, boom, right away. Honestly, within two laps, I mean, I've done a lot of laps at Park so it helped, but I felt super comfortable right away and uh you know by the end of those four laps like a you know i was blown away number one with the power of the bike like that that power i wouldn't call it linear it, at one point or another that that power um output of the 450 yamaha is really usable yes but it'll get you there real quick too like you crack that thing it'll rip your arms off coming out of a turn and and uh that was what was cool to me because Instantly, I was like, all right, got to get off the clutch. I can just ride this bike, and, and Park 4 has got super good long ruts, and you can just ride that bike through the motor. You don't need the clutch. You don't need to rev it. It'll just pull, and, and to me, that's what a 450 is supposed to do, um, and it was super impressive how usable that power was right away. Um, like I said, handling, it handled great, but obviously I hadn't set the sag. I hadn't touched the clickers. It was just a first impression of the bike, so um, you know, I knew right away. I was like, okay, for me, you know, even though it had firmer settings, you know, I like a lot of feedback off the front wheel. I like a lot of, um, I guess you say, I like my rebound reasonably fast on the front and I like to slow it down on the rear. I like a lot of front end feedback. I like to be able to feel what my front wheels doing. Um, so that was something I had to fix, not fix, fix is the wrong word, but for my personal settings. So I did three or four laps. I was, you know, like I said, dying of the flu arms, all right, let's go back in. So I go back in and, um, And then the CDR guys grabbed the bike. So we ended up then playing around with the sag um, and set the sag. So we ended up going, uh, what do I got here in my notes? So we went to a hundred mil, I think they recommended a hundred mil sag, which is pretty, you know, 95 to hundred, you're pretty much standard where you want to be at for your sag. Um, I think we ended up going a little higher. I ended up at around a 103 or 104, um, you know, to get, I was a little heavy for the stock springs, so to get the sag out of the bike, that's what we went to, to make it work. But honestly, it worked super well for me. And I know, like Townley and a lot of those guys, were right around the hundred mark. They're a lot smaller than me, so they were able to, they were they were making that work. And like I said, that's where some of the setting changes came in between the the bigger riders and the smaller riders, and probably a difference in speed as well. Which was, you know, obviously I'm not as fast as a Ben Townley, so the settings he was running. Um, but yeah, we went back in and like I said, we ended up doing the sag, went to about a 104. Um, I went a little firmer, um, I think, no, at the beginning I didn't go firmer, I left it where it was. I think I just went a little faster on the front end rebound to get a little more feedback for me. I think I slowed the rear down a little bit, went back out, put some more laps in, um, it was basically just refining my feel on the bike at that point and getting some more feel out of the suspension. And, uh Then we came back in again, I had a quick break. You know, some of the guys were doubling up on the bikes because by that point there were a lot of journalists there that had came in. Um, Now the next change I made, this is where I really started to feel the difference. So SAG was set, played around with the clickers. Now we went harder. I think I went three clicks harder on the front and I think I matched the same on the rear. Okay, so that was with the compression. Uh, We left the high speed rebound where it was. And then like I said, I went a couple clicks faster on the front, a couple clicks slower on the rear for the rebound. Now with that harder compression setting, we also moved the, the, the bar mount. Next change that I made from the OEM settings was a big one after the um, suspension changes. Um, you know, the Yamahas, for years they've been coming out with this, a lot of other manufacturers do it now, but they have the forward and the rear um, bar mount position. So in the OEM triple clamp on the, on the top clamp, you have two different machined positions where you can run the bars forward or you can run the bars back. Um, now a bit of a switch up normally these bikes come with the you know the um the Yamaha and a lot of other manufacturers that do it they come with the bars in a, a rear facing position the second hole the closest to the rider uh, this year the 2020 came with them in the front the forward hole and um you know to me I don't know. I just didn't feel super comfortable with it. I decided, and a lot of the guys did. In the end, we, you know, we uh, pulled the bars. We, un- you know, undid and put them in the second hole, close to the rider. And that right away to me made a massive difference. I felt right at home on the bike, um, as far as the, you know, just my control and sort of my ability to to be a little f- further over the front of the bike and be a little bit more connected to the controls and the front end and in turning and jumping and scrubbing and being able to roll my wrists and pull forward. So. Uh, before that, the bike fell a little high on the front. You know, I'm a tall guy, so, um, you know, having a high front end isn't really new to me. But uh, I prefer definitely personal preference. You know, I know Hogan. I know some of the other guys that were there. They ended up leaving the byman's in the front position. Uh, I know myself, Tim Barr, I think maybe Townley, a few of the other guys, we pulled them into the, the closer mount to the rider so that was a setting change i made and then again like i said with the rebound changes with the sag with some stiffer compression settings i went out again and rode and man that bike at that point i didn't need to do anything else to it it felt fantastic super predictable i could put it anywhere i wanted uh the power was exactly what i wanted from the motor whenever i needed it like i said if i cracked the throttle and the clutch too hard and really got on it out of the ruts it would blow me back in the seat so that was something i had to be mindful of is like all right this bike's got It's got more than not that I'm able to handle, but it's got all I want to give as far as it'll give you what you want. If you go into the turn and be harsh, you blow the clutch, you you really over rev it, it's going to try and rip you out of the turn. If you go into the turn smooth and you refine the power and you stay off the clutch and use your momentum, the bike will really complement your riding style. So, you know, it'll give you what you want on both ends. If you're an exciting rider and you just want to blow things apart for a few laps on Instagram, the 2020 yamaha is going to give you that if you want to you know do 30 minute motos at a pro level or you want to race locally and you want to you know do well this bike's going to give you that too you're going to have the ability to ride and save energy and do it the easy way which i really felt that on the yamaha i just felt like it was pretty easy i didn't feel it rushed anywhere i didn't feel that um bike was going to get away from me and you know what it's like you run a you're on a stock 450 normally the suspension feels a little iffy because it's not set up for your weight you don't have it revalved it's not what you want it to be honestly this oem setting from yamaha i probably could have refined it a little bit more as far as just some clickers and stuff and maybe getting my sag ideally where i wanted it throughout the day but you know you could play around with the real wheel, the wheelbase length and stuff like that but um you know i felt great on it right away and uh the power was exactly like i said it was whatever you wanted to give it the bike was going to give you back and that was super impressive to me um very predictable very reliable i thoroughly enjoyed riding it and uh you know as far as i just felt there was a really cool ability and and they said in the presentation in all the documents i've read you guys the centralized mass the ability to turn the bike evenly and um dynamically i agreed you know i felt like i'm a pretty big rear end turning guy um as far as riding goes i like to exit the turns early turn out with my rear wheel, not the biggest guy on front end turn. Um, I don't have ACLs and MCLs in one of my knees. So getting low kind of scares me a little bit on my left side, but, um, that phobia for me with the Yamaha wasn't there. I could track into a left-handed turn. I could sit down early. I could stand long, um, sit down where I wanted, uh, already be on the edge of the tires. You know, there wasn't any side roll, uh, on the, uh, tire wall. There wasn't any of the bike standing back up like it would just track and it would be predictable i could enter on the front exit on the rear and i could pretty much cut in and out of any turn where i wanted using my feet or using the power that's a super good characteristic of a bike for me because sometimes you get one or the other you know you can turn the bike with your body you can turn the bike with your feet um or you can turn the bike with the power uh, if you try to do both sometimes especially in a 450 the bike will just stand you up or it'll chop your turn and it doesn't work so yamaha the 2020 definitely did everything i wanted it to do um And I can see why this bike's been so successful already in the media and the States and everything because it's a super competitive unit. Um, Moving on to the power. So we've got two ignition maps. If you see the the press release uh, images or you see any images of the 2020 Yamaha, there's a blue button next to the kill uh, switch. Now that is your ignition map switch. That's going to switch out your OEM map, your original map, your aggressive map, whatever you want to call it, to a, um, basically it's a more... I don't know what you'd call it, but I didn't really have a word for it. It was just, um, a bit more of a, uh, more linear map, a little bit less aggressive, um, a little bit smoother, but it's really changed the characteristics of the engine. Like I said, which was super refreshing to me because, um, you know, typically these, these switches from the manufacturers sometimes they're a bit of a marketing ploy and you, you don't really notice the difference, but man, it was a massive difference. And where I'd say this switch comes into me, like I said, I'm pushing 90 kilos of gear on, um, an aggressive power, you know, uh, aggressive power for me on a 450 isn't a problem. I can handle it on my weight and I'm six foot tall. So no problem for me. That's where I need to be at. However, um, for a lighter rider, you know, and there's a lot of guys doing 250, 450 out there nowadays, um, with the, with the four strokes, if you were say a 70 kilo guy, that's looking to have a 450 for a practice bike, or you just can't handle that, you know, that, um use you know the power that isn't usable it just tries to rip your arms off when you're a light guy and say you're 17 18 but you can't afford to have a 250f practice bike as well as a race bike this second ignition setting on the 2020 yamaha is really going to come into its own for you because it, it takes that hit that the 450s typically have even though the yamaha 450 has a usable power band like i said there's still a hit there if you crack the throttle but this second ignition switch and some of the some of the test riders actually preferred it um i really enjoyed it as far as i could ride the bike harder with this second map i could really go for it carry my entry speed i could be a little bit more aggressive a little bit more on the clutch because it didn't you could just tell but it it just took this thing out of the motor the revs were a little higher and it would keep pulling but it wouldn't have that crack wouldn't have that aggressive 450 bang out of the turns and um super good job by yamaha on this ignition map because like i said for me i wouldn't run it um But I'm a heavier guy, and I'm old, and I'm slow, and I'm lazy at this point. I don't need to be carrying crazy corner speed. Um, (coughs) Excuse me. I can, you know, use that usable power all the way through, roll it on, and it's going to work well for me. For a lighter guy, or maybe a more aggressive rider that wants to really hammer this bike, this second ignition map is going to do wonders for you. You know, like I said, I could be aggressive. I could scrub. I could over rev the bike more and uh and the white reacted to it that ignition map loved being ridden that way and uh changed characteristics of the motor a little bit but not in a bad way i think if you get a bike or you get a test ride on a bike definitely try this ignition map because like i said it wasn't really for me um, but doesn't mean to say that it wasn't for you i know there were a couple of the test riders there that really liked it and said it would probably be their go-to setting to ride laps so that's a really interesting thing is typically like i said you get your oem map and you get your high pack or your sand setting or whatever it is that the manufacturers throw at you, you never use them. But this way you could use both of those maps and it could work really well. And then with the smart tuning app, you could refine them even more. Um, so good job from Yamaha on that. And, uh, like I said, I was pretty impressed with that whole setup as far as having two different maps that you could actually use and uh, it could work. So good job to those guys on that one. And, um, I'm just going through the sheet here. I don't know if I have any more notes to talk about the bike. I mean, I've been going for the best part of 40 minutes here. Um, And yeah, you guys have got my updates on what I thought the bike did on the track, what I did with my settings. Um, Now, in the shootouts, how's the bike done so far? Michael Lindsay in the States, he did the independent one where he went out and just got a bunch of bikes with no manufacturer association. The Yamaha one, he's a gnarly test rider, really... um, you know, really into his tech staff, Chris Kiefer in the States. I'm sure a lot of you guys listen to the Kiefer Tested podcast as well. He's a massive fan of the Yamaha and the Blue Crew uh, YZF 450 So it's one of those deals where I'm not going to compare it to any other bikes per se because this isn't a shootout. I did want to do a shootout this year, but logistically, I just couldn't make it happen. I think the podcast is too young and I have way too much going on to get all those different manufacturers together to give me bikes on one day. And it's something I want to do in the future. But for now, I'll say this, like this bike, is it a class leading bike? Like 100%. If it isn't winning a shootout, it'll be right there. And I think all these 450s at the end of the day, they're so refined at this point and they're such good bikes. I think it comes down to what works for you as a rider, you know, what you can get hooked up on, what dealer you have an association with or a relationship with, Um, but you know, if I was spending my own money going out and buying a bike, this Yamaha would be at the top of my list. It would be one of the bikes. I would have no hesitation in spending my own money on to go buy. It was a lot of fun to ride. Um, super predictable, super reliable, handled fantastic. Wherever I wanted to put it, it would go. And um, yeah, I can't say much more about it guys. Uh, so like I said, I'm still new to these uh, bike reviews so i would really love you guys to hit me up and say hey i enjoyed this part of the podcast and hey you're out to lunch on this bit we need more information we need more technical data you know like i said or it just depends what you guys want from me so let me know because you're my audience and i want to give you what you want so tell me what you like about it tell me what you don't like about it and um that'd be rad because i want to keep doing these i really enjoyed the uh, launch day so shout out to sean goldhawk at yamaha for getting me to this event and shout out to Yamaha Australia for treating us amazing. It was a real factory experience, which I enjoyed. You know, we, they shouted us dinner. They had the presentation night. If uh, if I was out of state, they would have shouted us the hotel room. And then we had the, the factory Yamaha team there to, you know, to work on the bikes for us. We had the CDR truck to use as our own. They provided lunch, you know, we had a platter of, of food and stuff like it was rad. So, you know, shout out to Yamaha for doing a really good job there. Those guys really invest in the sport. I think it shows with the sales they get and uh, you know it it clearly works for Yamaha they get the industry and I like that about them as a brand so thanks to those guys for having me out Um, like I said give me the feedback on this pod let me know what you guys think what you want more of what you want less of with me waffling or talking about specs or how I was shredding on the track whatever it is and uh, I'm going to throw another bike review out next week and that is going to be Kurt Gibbs CDR factory Yamaha bike and uh, tell you what that bike that was an experience to ride, and I can get why Gibbsy, Cloudy, and, and Ferris back in the day and those boys have gone so fast on them bikes, because I was very curious to know if it was going to be different, and I'll leave you with this, it, is, it was definitely different, <laughs> and uh, you can see how those guys go so fast on those bikes, so um, next week, I'll hit you back with the CDR Yamaha Monster Energy bike review of Kurt Gibbs' bike that I got to spend some laps on, and for now, that is the... 2020 YZ 450F review. Thanks for listening and uh, we'll be back soon with that CDR bike review and some more content. Thanks, guys.